We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Pack a Day Podcast, your one-stop shop for all talk green and gold. My name is Mike Wormand, alongside or joining me, Tyler Gazagor from across the country. And the season, is, preseason, I should say, is halfway through. It's been some up, been a little bit more down, most recently more down than up against Baltimore, but the roster may be starting to take shape a little bit, and a lot of those bubble guys have made a lot of their early statements on what they can do, so over the course of the next little bit, Tyler and I will be breaking down a lot of these roster spots and what may go where and who may end up where, who may be in Green Bay, who may be in Chicago, and who may be in Canada. But with that being said, before we even start everything, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Packaday at Packaday Podcast. Follow us wherever good podcasts are: iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify. We will be there and give us a like, comment, and a subscription for that as well. We really do appreciate it. So that being said, Tyler, what are your thoughts on the roster and how's everything going? Yeah, you know, as far as the roster, I'm actually I'm actually really happy with where it's at. Um, I, some of my concerns don't really lie within that, they more lie within some of the other things like effort and completing tackles, which, you know, are things that are rectifiable, but um, I, don't know, I don't think that's a word, actually, probably made that up, but, uh, you know, little things that I'm concerned about, um, you know, I keep seeing things about people being worried about Rodgers in this, in this back injury, I don't think it's that big a deal, um, 
and so I'm just I'm just ready for the regular season now because <laughs> we're kind of getting to that point of the preseason. I think we're going to get maybe one quarter out of Rodgers, uh, maybe week three, but it sounds like they may not even want to play him in Winnipeg. So uh, we'll see. Um, We'll see if we even get to really see Rodgers in the preseason. Uh, I don't think he needs it. Um, I, people talk about getting him out there and getting him reps for, you know, for comfortability within the system and all that kind of stuff. However, that stuff's all going down in practice, and they're not going to really show anything during the game anyway. So I really don't care if Rodgers plays in the preseason, but um, I, I think that the preseason has been really good to get a lot of these young guys a lot of reps um, so that ultimately the Packers can make the best 53-man roster possible. Well, I'm with you with that 100%, and I'm more sick of the preseason because I have to work these games, and I'm there till midnight when they're going because Packer postgame takes a very long time for a game that is essentially useless. But with that being said, a lot of these guys, obviously Rodgers is safe, but, and we'll get to that later, the backup quarterback spot's still up for grabs, and there's a lot of stuff happening. And so we're going to keep you guys a running tally of what we think will happen with the roster, and we'll just kind of break down a lot of these lower roster guys and what they could do and what they may have to do to try and make the team by the time week one hits. But the very easy ones are going to be the special teamers. Uh, obviously, J.K. Scott and Hunter Bradley are going with absolutely no competition for them, so they are locked in. Kicker is technically a competition, but Mason Crosby seems to have really pulled away from Sam Fickett on that one. Crosby looks as steady as ever now that he's healthy, and I don't see any way that he gets let go and, and would immediately go over down to Chicago. So I think Crosby is pretty much locked in as a kicker for at least one more year. You know, I agree. Um, I think earlier in this offseason, we, uh, we did a pod with Andy, um, and we were kind of talking about who could be a surprise cut, and Co- Crosby was my selection for that. Uh, I still believe he could be a surprise cut, but I just don't. At this point, I don't think he will be anymore. Um, he is slated to make oh four million dollars, over four million dollars this year. That's quite a bit of money for a kicker, uh, and I think that they had quite a bit of concern about the hamstring, and that's why Ficken was probably getting. Or actually, I heard it pronounced Fiken on the broadcast last night, but um, Ficken, Fiken, whatever you want to call him, uh, we'll call him Sam. <laughs> I feel like that's why he was getting uh, more looks than we probably thought he would originally get is because maybe that hamstring was really bothering Crosby. So that, I guess that's something to monitor going forward. But, you know, I, I do think that Crosby is pretty much well ahead of, of, of Sam Ficken to win that job. I agree. And so that gives us three spots in and 50 more to go on this roster. So, Tyler, I'll let you choose. Do you want to start with offense or do you want to go into the defense? You know what? I think the defense would be a lot more fun, so let's go with the offense first. All right, and so with that being said, we'll just start with the, mo- the most fun one that's been the talk of the town for the past, well, two years, and that's the backup quarterback spot. We know Aaron Rodgers is obviously going to be in. He's going to be the starter, and he's going to be as long as they are paying him the GDP of a small country. But with that being said, the number twos and maybe three spots are very, very interesting, and I'm going to be writing an article for Greyland Express Later on, that should go up over the weekend, making my projections for the 53-man. I personally only have two quarterbacks and one on the practice squad. And I know this will make some truthers out there very angry, and it might make me get kicked off the podcast, but I'm of the mind that I think Tim Boyle's on the outside looking in right now. I think the team has a lot more trust in Kaiser, as evidenced by him getting the reps with the ones, and only doing it a little bit over a quarter and giving Boyle almost a full half to work with the twos and threes against Baltimore. And I think the team trusts the younger quarterback a little bit more. I think he's shown a bit more as far as a po- even a little more pocket presence at times and 
ability to work the ball to some of the starting receivers. And as much as I want to succeed, I think he's very talented. I think Kaiser's got the leg up on him right now. I, I very much agree. Um, I've always been a Kaiser over Boyle truther. I mean, let's, you know, I'm not kidding when I say that the arm talent for Boyle is incredibly real, but he's just got to become more consistent uh, on a play-to-play basis. Um, you know, he's still, he's making improvements. And I think that's really all you can ask for out of a undrafted quarterback out of wherever he's from. It was some small university. I'll have to look it up later. But, you know, not much you can really ask uh, out of a guy like that. And he, he's definitely exceeded the expectations. And, and just giving us something to talk about, I think that he should be proud of that. You know, the fact that we have to talk about the fact he is competing for that backup job with Kaiser, um, it, it's, it's, something for him to hang his hat on. Um, I do unfortunately think that he's not going to make this 53-man roster. I just think that there's too much talent in other positions that they can't sacrifice a third quarterback on the roster for, for somebody else. You know, I'm in the exact same boat. I have Boyle on the practice squad, and if Rodgers were to get hurt, he would be the next man up to get called up to the 53, and they would get him as that other spot. But I think with Kaiser being younger, having the pedigree of, of the talent that he came out of, and with the trade and stuff like that, I think... And some of the stuff he showed, I liked his throw to Allison on the third down, a couple of third down throws to Allison, actually, uh, in the two, a few drives he was in. I still think he has the best throw the past couple of years in preseason, the throw to Kumaro last season on an out route that ended up Kumaro got hurt diving into the end zone, but that was a beautiful throw. I just think the upside for Kaiser is ahead of Boyle right now, but I would like to see Boyle stick around, but I don't see a path to the 53 unless he has a monster showing in Winnipeg. Do you think there's any chance that the Packers explore an outside option, a veteran backup quarterback? There's a chance, and there's a lot of talk about Mullins or Beathard from San Francisco because of the whole Shanahan connection, but I think I think they, I think Matt LaFleur is going to want to stay with some of his in-house guys instead of bringing in another face, and really even wrecking the confidence of some of these, these younger guys who are, they're still in their second, third year in the NFL, so they're they're very impressionable, I guess, could be a way to you to say in the locker room. And I think they want to keep them behind Rodgers as much as they can instead of bringing another name in there and, and really saying, if something happened, we don't have any trust in you whatsoever and would would basically end these guys' careers in Green Bay in all intents and purposes. I just think that's, that's a bit of a risk. Yeah, I think if we if they did bring in a veteran, it'd be a guy that was in Tennessee with before, like Blaine Gabbert, or maybe a guy who was with the Rams. Um, I think that I don't I understand that there's a lot of similarities in the Shanahan system, but I do feel like if if Lafleur is going to look to bring in a veteran guy, he's going to be a guy that he's he's worked with before and that has experience in the office of, offensive system that he's running. Um, not to say that you know Mullins couldn't come in or Beathard couldn't come in and and be a good backup. I just think that they if because we're so late in the game right now, I think that that would be, if they did get a veteran, that would be the route. No, I no, I agree. And that does unfortunately leave us on the outside looking in. Manny Wilkins looks to be one and done in Green Bay. The team has kind of shown that he's gotten very little playing time in mop-up duty in the fourth quarter of the past couple games. Uh, he's shown some flashes in practice, but he's a guy where I know he's close to your heart as an Arizona State guy. Mm-hmm. But I, I, think, I don't think he's long for Green Bay and probably the NFL. Hey, I've, I've loved this whole Manny Wilkins experience, you know, just because he said I, I, I did go to Arizona State and I had the opportunity to watch him uh, play with Inkil Harry the last two years, uh, but I did not, for the life of me, think that he really had a chance to make this roster. Uh, I didn't even think he had a chance to play in the NFL, for being quite frank. I thought he was a lot of fun to watch. He's just not a typical NFL quarterback right now. He's a very dynamic type of player. He's very athletic. 
but he's just not an NFL quarterback, unfortunately. No doubt. So watch him end up in the XFL playing for Vince McMahon very shortly. I wouldn't be surprised, but it'll be good to see what happens after that. So we've got the two quarterbacks and maybe one on the practice squad. Moving on to other parts of the backfield, I think I'm pretty safe in saying we, we know the three running backs. I think it's going to be the two Williams and Aaron Jones, as long as Jamal does get healthy. Uh, Dexter had a rough game against Baltimore, but he showed enough talent as a, as a runner in that first game and what he can do that I think he's got a spot pretty much since then, especially as a draft pick. Uh, Trey Carson has shown next to nothing in camp so far. And the other guys, Darren Hall had a little bit, but I don't see much for the other young running backs to have much of a path to the roster as long as the big three guys are all healthy. I completely agree. You know, I, I think earlier on in training camp, um, in the preseason, I could have gotten on board with moving um, Jamal Williams if you had to. Um, but I, I think he's kind of surfaced as that definite backup. He hasn't gotten – I mean, he's been hurt, but, you know, I, I – it's kind of hard to judge a player who hasn't really played. Um, but, you know, we, we know what we have in, Jam- in Jamal Williams, and I, I think that they're going to be comfortable with moving forward with him. Absolutely, and, and especially when you look at the struggles that Dexter Williams had with uh, catching a ball and blocking and all the stuff with that. And I think that makes, <laughs> that makes Jamal Williams that much more important because he is the best blocker. He is probably the best receiver among the running backs, and he can do all the little things that matter. And I think that really helps him a long way. I completely agree. I, I think that they uh, they ultimately go into the season with four running backs total, and I'm, I'm, I'm including the fullback in that, which we can talk about here a little bit too. Uh, you know, I think with Danny Vital or Vital Vital I don't know how to Vitale. say Vitali. Um, and then those three guys, I think you're okay. I think we're gonna get. Uh, I think we're going to get a legitimate fullback utilization in this offense, and I'm, I'm all here for it. I love it. Um, you know, Kyle Juszczyk in uh, San Francisco, he's made a name for himself in that system. I, I think that Vital, Vitali, gosh, I'm going to keep saying his name wrong, Vitali is going to be a pretty decent part of this offense, and I think that he might even take some of the third down duties if you're really concerned about his ability or if you're really concerned about Aaron Jones' ability or Jamal Williams' ability as a pass blocker, although Jamal Williams is a pretty good pass blocker. He's just not the best receiver. Um, you know, those four guys, Dexter Williams probably not going to get a lot of playing time, but those four guys, I think, provide a solid skill set when you, when you kind of put them all together. I think Aaron Jones is definitely the leader in the clubhouse. Obviously, he's going to get a majority of the touches, but uh, – I wouldn't count out Vitaly as far as utilization, and Jamal Williams will definitely get his spot work as well. No, I agree with that 100%, and I think Vitaly, it'll help to have John Kuhn as well working for the team at this point. I think that could help him a little bit as well off the field, learning on being an NFL fullback, and just seeing Vitaly smash will be a very fun thing to see, as, as since he's already called the muscle man by Coach LaFleur. You know he's going to get some work in the offense, so that gives us now nine players on the roster from the quarterbacks and the backfield. And we go to another very, very fun spot, and that's the wide receiver. This is just chaos. There are really nine guys who are making a push if you want to factor in draft pedigree. There are generally nine names that could be said right now. I have, I have them keeping seven because I think there's just so many guys that are earning the spot that I think they end up, and I think they end up keeping seven. And we know the obvious four. We're really even five. Devontae Adams, 
Marquez Valdez-Scanling, Geronimo Allison, Jay Kummer is pretty much locked in there, and I think Equinemia St. Brown is as well because of a special team's work. It's those other two that are interesting, whether it's Darius Shepard, Alan Lazard, Jamon Moore, Trevor Davis, all competing for those spots. And it's, just, it's something to really focus on because how those, especially among those four guys, how they perform the next two weeks will decide their NFL future, whether it's in Green Bay, somewhere else, or or out of the league altogether. And I, th- I, I personally have Lazard and Shepard making it. Shepard to be the kick returner. Lazard's just shown too much as a big target to maybe be the replacement for John Allison next year to, to be cut right now. And I, and, and I also have a bias because I loved watching Lazard at, at Ames at Iowa State. But I think Trevor Davis, the kickoff, the practice injury, I think, ends his career in Green Bay. Unfortunately, the way that's just kind of how it works, he can't stay healthy. And Damon Moore, I think, is a practice squad guy for one more year with a chance to hopefully solve his drop issues and, and move forward next season, maybe trying to take a spot. So I tend to agree with you. I think seven's a lot. Um, it, it's really difficult. Uh, it's a really difficult position to really kind of look at. Uh, you, you definitely have, uh, I would say, the top three are 100% locks, and that's Adams, Allison, and VS. After that, I think, is where it kind of gets cloudy. You know, Kumaro, I think, is working to secure that spot. I do think he makes this roster at this point. You know, I'll, I'll eat crow on that. I was very low on Kumaro all through last preseason. I just didn't get the hype. But the guy just gets open, and he just catches, he just catches footballs. And... Um, it doesn't matter how covered he is. He's just catching footballs. And that's ultimately what the position's all about. And he seems to have a good rapport with Rodgers. And uh, LaFleur seems to like him as well. Uh, he, he he has been getting extensive work um, in the preseason, which makes me wonder if they're just really trying to get a good look at him or, or what that's all about. But Jamon Moore, man, I want to, I want to believe this guy's going to put it all together. It's just that he's, he's struggled so much. Um, and, you know, we – I don't want to write him off because we saw what happened with Devontae Adams. You know, Devontae Adams struggled his first two years, and then all of a sudden that third year, it was like a whole new whole new player, brand new receiver, and he, and he ended up being obviously now one of the best receivers in the NFL. So I don't want to write him off. Obviously the draft pedigree is a little bit different there, um, but I think that Moore has a place on this roster, but I wouldn't be surprised if he got cut. Um, he is still a Goody guy, so you know that he's got that going for him. Uh, he was a McCarthy Goody guy, but he's got that going for him. Um, and then you know that's that's five guys right there. We start talking about Shepard and and Lazard. Lazard has been very impressive to me um, in, in the preseason that in the limited action that he's seen. Um, I haven't had a chance to go back and watch last night's game uh, and break it down yet, but it just you know obviously he was, he was making plays, catching balls, and there was a couple times where I was like, oh. Oh wow, that was a good play. Who was that? And it's it was Al Lazard, and um, I just I think we maybe you and I talked about this. He provides this this team with a different skill set that they don't really have at the wide receiver position, and I think that's ultimately what kind of makes him stand out. And I, that's why I would be I would love to see him make this 53 man roster because he he just provides some more versatility. Um, should you want to do some different things with your wide receivers, yeah, I probably wouldn't get a ton of playing time. Obviously, he'd be like sixth or seventh of a depth chart if they keep seven, but you know, he, he would provide a different skill set. And then Darius Shepard, I think he takes that Trevor Davis role. Uh, Trevor Davis has been, man, he, he that dude just keeps on, he's got like nine lives. He's like a cat. I just don't understand how he's still on the roster. He's obviously got the talent. Um, but, I mean, he's going to a contract year. hasn't really stayed healthy in any of his years. 
I just I just think it's time to move on. I think I think it's time to cut the cord. You have a you finally have a guy in Darius Shepard who can take the special teams roles, the returner roles, which was the only thing keeping Trevor Davis really on the roster. He's a good gunner, don't get me wrong, but you know, like you mentioned, Equinemius St. Brown is as well. Uh, he that's a guy who can step in and be productive in certain roles. And I think that Trevor Davis finally found his match and is going to meet his maker this preseason. No, I agree. And I think the special teams is also where Kumaro and Lazard have got a lot of work on special teams as well. And I know Lazard returned punts in college for a little bit too for a guy that big. So I think they can definitely make those spots. Moore is so baffling because, like you said, he is a, a, a higher pick than the other two guys last year. He is a Brian Gutekunst guy. And he is, he is constantly getting open. That's the that's the annoying part. He is getting open a lot. He just can't catch the football. And I see a lot of, like, James Jones in that. Like, because you remember in the Super Bowl year, James Jones had a brutal year catching the football. And he had moments where he would make those spectacular plays, but he dropped the simple ones. Brandon Lloyd, long time, was the same way. And I think more, if you give him another shot, I think he could be successful. That's why I think a year on the practice squad, if he can get there, would really go a long way as you replace guys like Allison, who might be gone after this year, guys like that. And it's very, it's one of those things where just, it's hard to figure out. But there are there are nine guys working for these for these six or seven spots. And it's, I don't envy any of the cuts they have to make. So I'll, I'll let you decide whether they keep six or seven, and then we can go from there on our count. You know, I think for the sake of building this roster right now, let's lock in Let's lock in five, okay? Let's lock, absolutely 100% lock in five. And then we can kind of circle back when we kind of get a better idea of where we want to put the rest of these guys. All right, sounds good to me. That gets us up to 14. And I think very shortly we'll be up to 18 because I can... So who's our lock real quick? Our locks, I, I Adams, Allison, MVS, I think Kumaro and St. Brown, I think are locks. I wouldn't... I personally would not classify uh, Equinemius as a lock, but I do think that he is a leader in the clubhouse as far as making this roster. Uh, but I, I'm okay with putting him as a lock for this exercise, and that does put us up to 14. And so then until we're up in here with a couple other spots, as we move to tight end, the question is three or four. And the question is, is Mercedes Lewis a Packer when the regular season hits? Because he hasn't gotten much run in camp. He's, I haven't heard anything about him. I haven't either. I think part of it's just him being around. He's played enough with Hackett. They know what they've got with him. Maybe. But Sternberger, once he's healthy, is locked in. They're not going to cut their third-round pick right away. Jimmy Graham Tanyan, Jimmy Graham is a lock, and Rodgers really likes him. And he had, he had one of the plays at camp a few days ago. And... Tanyan Tanya has made enough plays in camp that I think they trust him that to step up and be maybe that number two tight end even. So the question does come down to Mercedes Lewis. If they if they decide to keep him, they're keeping four tight ends. If they don't, they're going to keep three, and that's the big thing with them because they're not going to keep him on the practice squad. It's going to be three or four or bust. And I I'm, I lean toward four because I think they've uh, if they want to really run the football, they need that tight end that 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 skill that Lewis provides as a blocker to go with because Vitelli's not the best blocker at fullback, but Lewis is such a good blocker tight end and he's got experience with Nathan Hackett that I think he, he I think he keeps it and I think they keep four. I'm going to go with three. I, I don't think Lewis makes a team at this point. Um, I think he's another guy that we circle around at the end again and kind of see uh, if we have spots left, and we can kind of figure it out at that point, because I think that that's going to be more how the conversation goes in between Gutekunst and the floor. Um, more so, I would not consider him a definite 
lock to make this team at this point. Okay, fair enough. So just for the sake of time, we'll go quickly through that. And so now we get to the big uglies for offensive line. Again, another spot where it's just bonkers as to what's going to happen. Uh, I personally have them at nine with the potential for ten, just as far as health goes. Uh, I have guys. I have a guy like Cole Madison just on the outside looking in. But we, we know four of the starting five, we know they're top six. We know it's going to be Bakhtiari uh, and Bulaga attack. We know that Billy Turner will be at right guard. We know that Lindsay will be at center. And the left guard will either will be Elton Jenkins or Lane Taylor. So I think those, I think there's been talk about cutting Lane Taylor. I, I, don't, I don't see it. I think he's not getting paid a ton. It's like $3 million, so it's not a massive amount of there to cut him. And I think he's been a professional. He's, he's a leader in the locker room. I think he's the guy that they keep, and they make it six. And, the, and Alex Blight's now the swing tackle with Jason Spriggs. Technically still in the roster on injury reserve, but he's on his way out. And then you, you get to the other spots. You get guys like Patrick, McCray, Cole Madison, uh, Yosh Nishman, guys like that who are all kind of on the bubble. I think Patrick and McCray are safer bets because they, they, they are experienced uh, they're guys who who are versatile. They they both play guard and center. McCray can kick out the tackle if you absolutely need it, but no one wants that. Not even McCray. But I I think I think those guys have a better bet. Uh, Madison's been up and down. He had a really rough showing against Baltimore, especially when he got off the, getting off the ball in the snap. And I think he's a practice squad guy for one year. And Nijman is an is another project who's a practice squad guy. Yeah, you know I actually think. Um, I actually think that Cole Madison could get the nod for this 53-man roster. I think he's played well. Um, you know, we talk about versatility and your backup offensive lineman. Madison played right tackle at Washington State. I know he was drafted to play guard, but he did play tackle, you know, in his in his past career. So I'm I'm actually going to put him on this roster personally, um, but he's not a lock by any means. So if we're talking about, like, guys that we're, like, 95% certain are going to make this roster. It's Bakhtiari, obviously, Bulaga, Lindsley, Elton Jenkins, Billy Turner. After that, it's really kind of a crapshoot. Um, Lane Taylor, I think, is probably deserves to be in that group as well. Uh, I in, Earlier in training camp, again, this is another guy I was like, oh, the, the Packers can move on from him. But as we've kind of gone through the process, I've realized how important I think he is to this group. And you can never have too many quality offensive linemen. Uh, I know Aaron Rodgers trusts him. That's a big thing, too. So, you know, I think that Lane Taylor is going to be on this roster, and he's just going to provide some really good depth at the interior offensive line position. Um, you know, so if we're looking at it like this, that's six guys. Uh, and then, you know, I don't think well, Light's got to be pretty safe. Sorry? Light's got to be pretty safe, I think, is that swing tackle. Okay, we can put that in there. So that's seven. I think that's probably good for now, and I think if we have a couple extra spots at the end, we can kind of figure out who's going to take over those last spots. Because I think you got Lucas Patrick, Justin McRae, and Cole Madison all kind of in that same same group. And, and just a name I want to bring up that you know, I don't think he's a roster guy, but a practice squad guy because he, he PFF where he liked him was Anthony Coyle at guard, another guy developmental guy. He's still, I think he's only he's still pretty young, so another guy to keep an eye on. But just for a future reference there, so that gives us to our offense. That gets that twenty four total when you factor in our three specialists as well. So as we move on to the defense, where both of us are kind of defensive guys, so the fun really begins on the defensive line. Uh, there's there's four guys I think are locked in, and, and the fifth one's up for debate. Uh, I, Montrevis Adams, Dean Lowry, and Kenny Clark are going to be starting in the base. That's been pretty solidly just decided. 
And Montrevious Adams has definitely flashed a lot. He needs more consistency, but he's flashed. And he had some really nice plays, good awareness plays on Thursday. Kingsley Kiki has really had a very strong preseason. I, there's no way he goes anywhere. He has been very impressive. Let me tell you, Mike, I am not surprised. <laughs> no, I know you're not. <laughs> Man, I, I'm so excited that this kid's doing well. I uh, watched him, you know, as I've talked about now, I've watched him at Texas A&M. Or not, I didn't go to Texas A&M, but I watched, you know, his film. And uh, I was just so excited for this kid. I'm so glad he's doing well in a, in a green and gold uniform because I think he's going to be really good. And so that leaves one more spot. And the question is, is it going to be Tyler Lancaster? Could it be James Looney? And and what do they do with that? You know, I think after two preseason games in the training camp, I think I lean Looney in that one. I, I know uh, we had the defensive line preview uh, prior to training camp, and we talked about Lancaster being one of the guys that we thought we would be discussing as a lock in this situation. But... You know, I think Looney has played better than him. Um, you know, when you become a niche player in the NFL like Lancaster has, you need to do that one niche very well. And he's kind of struggled in the preseason, and he hasn't played against the number ones. You know, he's played against twos and threes. Now, we don't – unfortunately, I don't get the opportunity and the privilege to go to Packers training camp and go see these guys on the field when they have their practices. And I can't really speak to whether or not he's been playing well in practice. But of all the, all the different sources that I follow, it, I haven't really heard much. Uh, uh, from him or above about him, and I think Looney has kind of played above his rank right now. So I, I think Looney's pushing for a roster spot right now. I, I think so as well. I think yeah, Lancaster is kind of a one-trick pony at this point. Looney has I think shown a little bit more during the games, and but you also wondered if they maybe think about keeping just four and moving guys in, I'm putting their hand on the ground like Rashawn Gary and Zaria Smith, which we'll get to in a little bit. Oh, definitely. And and loading up on an outside linebacker and has, having them play with their hand in the dirt a bit more. It's an interesting thing for them to, to try to figure out. I don't, I don't think we're going to see a lot of down linemen on a consistent basis. I think we're going to see two, commonly. Uh, you'll, you'll get your two guys, and then you'll get your two outside linebackers, you'll two, your two inside linebackers, typical. Um, I mean, it'd be a about a two-four-five. It's your nickel, uh, nickel formation. You're going to be seeing more defensive backs on the field than you will defensive linemen, and I mean more than you're used to, I should say. And um, I think that that affords them the ability to not be super, super deep at the position as far as bodies because they're not going to be playing a ton of guys. So I think that they could get away with five. Now, a guy we haven't talked about is Fadal Brown. Fadal Brown was a guy that Gutekunst and Patton both talked up in the offseason as a guy who was taking a big step forward and who was very impressive. I haven't heard his name. I don't know if he's hurt. I haven't. He's, he's been hurt for about the last three weeks. Okay, so that would be why we're not seeing him. But he's another guy that I'd keep an eye on if they really did believe that he was having a good, um, good offseason. And maybe we can see him. I don't know what his timetable is to return, but hopefully we can see him before the, the preseason's up and he can kind of make his own case. But you know, he's another guy that I would probably put in that discussion with Tyler Lancaster and James Looney um, just because of how Gutekunst and Patton have talked about him. I agree. And another guy who's out of the conversation, but I just want to see him make it, is Olivier Sakapolo just because I want to see a backflip after a sack. But either way, I think we can put down four for our, for our count for now and then we can go come back to it, which would get us up to 28. 
as we go go now go to the edge. We'll we'll go inside out. So we'll go to the edge on the outside. And the question here again is four or five. Well, I think if you're going to sacrifice your defensive line, then you do need to keep more at the edge. Yeah, I agree. Which which the two Smiths and Gary are locked. I think Fackrell's pretty much a lock, especially especially because of what he does on special teams. And I know this will make Ben Fennel very mad, but I kind of Fackrell's tape has not been very good in the preseason. But it's hard to to look past what he's done as an improvement. So I think he makes it again and. That leaves a guy like Reggie Gilbert right on the edge, Randy Ramsey, who's had some flashes, right on the edge, and and the, some other Marcus Jones has been all right since they brought him in. So the question is, if they keep five, who is that fifth? you got to think Reggie Gilbert's got the inside track, especially after the sack he had against Baltimore. But it all depends on how they, how they balance it with the defensive line. If they keep five defensive linemen, they might only keep four edge guys and vice versa. So it's all it's all... It's all roster building, and it's all something that makes me glad I'm not an NFL GM. <laughs> well, I think the important thing to keep in mind here is it's been the theme of the entire offseason, and it's versatility. Which of these guys can do can provide the most versatility to Patton? Uh, you know, Fackrell, I think we've, we've kind of toyed with the idea of standing him up a little bit and playing him on the inside. Um that's not obviously what he does, but I think that he could do that. Um, I think he provides that that ability. He's got some good quickness to him. Um, obviously, Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, Gary, those three guys are going to be pretty big and pretty pretty um, key to this defensive success in twenty in twenty nineteen. And I think Gilbert makes the roster too, just because the the talent at the edge position. I think I think you're good with five. Randy Ramsey is a really interesting guy. He's kind of a freak. He's a really long, long guy. Like, his arms are super long, um, and that has value at the edge position. So, you know, I don't know if he's flashed enough or done enough to make the roster, but I think he's a practice squad guy. And I, I think that they could develop him maybe for next year when you start to move on from guys like Fackrell and Gilbert. Because I don't think Fackrell or Gilbert get contracts outside of this year. Um, and it looks like the Packers could end up supplementing again uh, in next offseason, the edge group. But I think you're good with five. Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, Gary, Fackrell, Gilbert. Although I wouldn't be surprised if Gilbert got cut. But if they only keep four edge guys, then I think they're keeping more defensive linemen. All right, sounds good. So uh, say let's put five down. That us, gets us to 33, which moves us to the inside, where there's really, when, when I look at it, there's, Five guys competing for maybe three spots, maybe four. Blake Martinez is the only true lock because Oren Burks may end up having to go on injury reserve with a designation to return, which has to put him on the 53 to start, which is a very interesting thing to think about. But then you got guys like Curtis Bolton, who's had a very strong showing against Baltimore, Ty Summers, who has been very hit or miss, and guys and James Crawford, who was arguably their most important special teams asset last year. So those guys are all competing for one, two, maybe two spots and makes things very, very interesting again as far as the inside goes behind Blake Martinez and Oren Brooks' injury only made it more complicated. You know, I think um, – I actually think Crawford's a relative block because of his special teams role. Um, so I think you can put definitely him and Martinez in there. I think Bolton's your third guy uh, at this point. Summers – 
Summers could push for a fourth inside linebacker spot. I mean, it's not like they wouldn't have a use for him. I'm pretty sure Patton could find somewhere to put him where he could just run around like a missile, and hopefully he learns to wrap up. But I, I, I'm just not confident that if you put him on the practice squad, he doesn't get poached because of the, he does have an incredible raw athletic ability. And his instincts are not – they're good too. And that's not something you can coach or teach. He just has to – he just has to wrap up, man. Like, I, I can't even, like, begin to sugarcoat it at all. He just can't tackle, and he needs to learn how to tackle. So I, I'm hoping that they can put him on the 53 – and he can learn from a guy like Blake Martinez, who's a pretty sound tackler. So I think you're going into the season right now, the way it stands with Martinez and Bolton as your two inside linebackers, with Crawford close behind but is in a key special teams role, I don't really know. The inside linebacker room is a mess, but I think that's kind of what you're looking at. And again, this all depends on... Whenever we get an official diagnosis on Oren Burks, if he needs surgery, you put him on IR, he's done for the year. But if you think he can come back in four or five weeks and you he, and he just rehab it, do you, you have, if you want to put him on des, the designated to return, you have to keep him on the 53 following the fourth game. And then you put him on injured reserve, as much like they did with Kumaro last year. So for this exercise, should we assume that? Because I think they came out and said that the injury was not as serious as they thought. So should we? That's the report. Okay, so should we assume that he's going to be back early in the season? I think so, which will put him on the roster. Okay, so then I think we have four guys here, personally. Um, Martinez, Burks, Crawford, and Bolton. That's what I would do. I, I agree. Okay. All right, so we got four guys, and I think that the that kind of solidifies that. I think so, and that gives us 37. And... We're, and our special teams will decide we're summer state. So we go to corner, go to the secondary... And this is another one where health plays a factor. I think when, he- when you have healthy, I think you have five locks. You have King, Alexander, Brown, Jackson, and Tremont Williams. I think those five are set. And the question is, if healthy, do we see Kadar Holman and Shannon Sullivan? They're kind of competing for that last spot. Do we see one or both of them make it? Let me let me look at this list of corners real quick because I, I think this is a I think this is a spot where if they've got guys they like, they could keep a couple extra bodies. Now, the current corners on the roster that are not that are outside of Jair Alexander, Kevin King, Josh Jackson, Tremont Williams, and Tony Brown, we've got KB on Ento, Kadar Holman, Nidair Rouse, Shannon Sullivan. You know, out of that group, I think they only keep one, and I think at this point it's Holman, um, because I think he really fits what Patton wants to do, and I think that he could be... Uh, your de facto Kevin King backup in, hey, you're a big, big, strong press corner. Go out there and go out and go put that guy on an island. Push him, you know, push him out of the play. Like, that's what I need you to do. And I think that he really fits that role well for, for Petten. And I think that he kind of carves out a roster spot for himself because of it. No, I agree. And I, that's who I have making it. I, the only instance is we don't know the extent of his injury on Thursday as well because he got hit in the head. I think Ento, as a converted receiver, is going to get a practice squad year. I think Sullivan really has shown up, but I think he's another practice squad guy. They're both very young. Night Air Rouse, he's, he, he hasn't shown me anything at all. I think he just was a camp body at this point. But yep. I, I, think you, I think you put down six. So that gives us to 43. Safety, I, safety, there's three locks. Savage, Anderson, Green aren't going anywhere. Those guys are they're going to be Packers this year. Then the other question is, do they keep Josh Jones? Yes. I think so, too. And then I actually have Will Redmond making it as well. You know, it's funny you brought that name up because he's a guy that keeps flashing 
uh, in the games. He so frustrating because he'll make a couple really nice plays to make me go, wow, what, who is that guy? Who, who made that play? And you see it's Redman again. You're like, oh, okay. He's been all over the place. But then he'll he'll go and he'll make a boneheaded play or he'll miss a bad tackle. And you're like, oh, man. It's, it's such a roller coaster when you watch Will Redman. But he's been around the ball. He's been making plays. Uh, he, he recovered the Raven Green fumble uh, the other day uh, against the um, in the first game. My memory's been terrible. Houston. Against Houston, thank you. He recovered the Raven Green fumble there, and and then I believe he had a pick later that day too, but uh, I could be making that up. But he, he's been around the ball. He's had a couple nice uh, plays in pass protection. He's had a couple nice plays in as a tackler. Uh, I do think that he's a guy that could be a surprise 53-man roster. I think so too. I also think he's valuable in special teams, and the name of the game is versatility. He was drafted as a corner. Because he was in he was in that stretch of Trent Balky doing Trent Balky things where he would draft all these injured college guys in the third round and give him a redshirt year along with like Marcus Lattimore and Brandon Williams stuff like that. Redmond was in that same boat. Redmond was I think was a third round pick. He was a top hundred pick coming off a really serious knee injury in college, but he was a he was a considered a very high rated talent before the injury. So he's a guy where if he can show that he's healthy, I think he's a guy who's got value. And I think being able to play corner and play safety, I think is going to help him a lot because I. I would have had him behind Jamerson, but Jamerson's kind of played himself off the roster with his missed tackles so far. I think he's a practice squad guy for a year. But I, I think I think we could put probably four safeties down, um, I would say. So a guy we didn't talk about, Ibrahim Campbell. He's on the pup list right now, but... And I, th- I think he stays there because an ACL is no joke. I think I think they keep him out for the first six weeks, make sure he is fully healthy, and you, you, you need the roster spot for sure for the opening 53. And if you know he's going to be out for a while yet, Keep him on the pup list. Let him heal. Let him uh, get in, get in the gym. Get in the get in the trainer's room, and you can bring him up later if you need him. That's fair. And I I actually think that we can put Redmond on this roster right now, and I think we can do that because you know it's what it's what I just talked about with the uh, the defensive linemen and the edge group and the versatility, being able to kind of plug and play them, you know, and and putting this defense into a nickel formation as its base formation. You're going to have more defensive backs on the on the field uh, in a common you know in a common down. So it's going to be a common occurrence to see five defensive backs on the field. Uh, I think that's where Josh Jones really kind of steps in. He's a guy that we didn't talk about playing inside linebacker, but obviously he could slide in there if that's what they want him to do. It only took three years, but they finally did it. Um, and so I think that with with Redmond, it really gives you another nice piece to kind of to puzzle with uh, if you're Mike Patton. I agree. And again, with Redmond, I think, the guys, I think the, a lot of those guys' special teams will be where he makes his living. Uh, he's a right. guy, he's got a lot of work on the top special teams. Uh, same as Kumro's got a lot of work on special teams. Lazard, EQ on the offensive side. A lot of these guys, these bottom of the roster guys, they need to be able to, to cover punts. They need to be able to go cover kickoffs. And I think a lot of these guys, that's going to help a lot, of, especially these faster defensive backs will really help them go and cover punts. Because the special teams are already looking better than last year, even the preseason, but you can never have enough speed out there running down chasing a J.K. Scott bomb. <laughs> exactly. So, so that puts us at 48. So we got... Five spots. Five spots. Mm-hmm. So the question is, do we want to add another receiver? Another... T- oh, wait. Or another tight end? I think we add a receiver. I think we add one more receiver, and it's between Shepard and Lazard. I, I think it's got to be Shepard, because I think you got to so need too. him as a returner. I think so, too. So that puts up to 49. 49. 
then do we do another offensive lineman? Well, well, wait, that only puts us at six wide receivers, right? Yeah, it gives us the six. Oh, maybe we could add another receiver. Let's just go through the loop. Let's go see what else we've got real quick. I don't we think they add another running we, back. We have seven. We need to add at least two offensive linemen. We only have seven right now. Okay. Uh, I think that they can get away with adding one. But one? Yeah, I think they could get away with adding one. Um, I think it's got. I think it's got to be McCray because he's he's been uh, one of the the number two center for a lot of it. And see, I think it should be Cole Madison. I, I really do because I think Cole Madison's more versatile than than McCray is. Um, but I understand your point, and we could add both of them. You know, the offensive line has been a problem in the past as far as depth, and you don't want obviously the priority needs to be keeping Aaron Rodgers upright. I I do think maybe we do keep two here. Um, I think they should. I think they should too. Okay, for two. so we'll do that. Nine is a lot, though. Nine is a lot of offensive linemen. Um, I think it's not typical for a team to even keep ten. But the the talent is pretty good in this group, and I, like you know, like I just said, I think the priority has to be keeping Aaron Rodgers upright. And I'd rather not the Packers be going out onto the street in week seven to find an offensive lineman because you know somebody got hurt or whatever. So um, let's do Madison and McCray. And then that leaves us one more spot. That should give us or two. Spot. That should give us spot. 51. Mm-hmm. Two spots. So then the other options are we keep another defensive lineman to give us the five there. Uh, we could always add another corner. On, we could always put Summers on there for special teams or uh, Mercedes Lewis. Um, you know, personally, I think I'm good with the uh, secondary. I think by adding Redmond, you're de- adding a, an emergency corner if you if you need to, and that makes seven. You know, so... I think that the secondary is good, um, but if we're looking at the defensive line, I think it's worth talking about Looney, Lancaster, or Brown. One of the three. I, I think if he's healthy, Brown's the best of those three, just because he's, he's so massive. I agree. And I, I think he, he provides his, more of a His frame too. looks mad. Yeah, his frame is more massive than he actually is. But yeah, he, although he, Looney he, did play edge um, at, at Cal. So... That's kind of you know something to, something to keep in the back of your mind if, if when we're building this roster and with these guys that are going to build the back end of it, the guys that can do more in different spots are probably going to get the nod. Um, so I mean, does that change anything for you that he played edge at Cal, or would you still rather go with Brown? I think I still go with Brown because I think Looney is easier to get into the practice squad. Okay. Because they are the U was on there last year. I think they can get him on there again. All right, and so we've got one spot left. Um, I think our offensive line is set. Um, Do we give Ty Summers a spot? No. Not if we're assuming Burks is healthy. Without, if, if Burks is not healthy, then yes. I think he, I think he slides into the roster at this point um, if Burks is not healthy. But I think that's what he's kind of waiting on. Um, I think, you know, we either add Mercedes Lewis or we add Lazard. Uh, Lazard. I think that's really what it comes down to at this point. That is very, very difficult because they both have different values to the team. Lewis has a blocker, but Lazard's gotten a lot of work on special teams. I think he could all he he's a guy he he can return punts. He I remember he did it at Iowa State, and he's a guy where if you need him as like a like an emergency guy, I think I'd probably lean toward Lazard. I want to keep Lewis for the tight end. Yeah, I want to keep Lazard, but. I just think that the way that this team is going, as far as the way that the offense can be built, I think we're going to see two two wide receivers on the field more so than we're going to see three, um, at least what's being projected right now. And I think that they want to run tight ends. You know, they're going to want to put two running backs onto the field with with Vital and Vitali. I don't know how many different ways I've said his name today, but Vitali and then you know your your running back with 
with maybe a tight end on the end and then your two wide receivers. I mean, you can only put so many so many skill guys on the field. I, I do think Mercedes Lewis gets the nod here. Uh, but the thing is, when you do that, he doesn't provide value outside of what you're pretty much projecting him to do. He doesn't. He's not going to really contribute on special teams. Um, maybe as a blocker, <laughs> but other than that, I, I don't know what, what value he really contributes on special teams. That is that is the thing. But you, you make the point is because Graham, Tanyan, and Sturmberger, none of them are great blockers. Tanyan's getting better, but he's not there yet. And Lewis's work as a blocker, could really help Sternberger and Tiny especially grow. And I think Lewis is going to be one and are going to be done after this year in Green Bay. He might be done in the NFL after this year. So I think the value he brings as a guy who can teach these guys, I think, does go a little further as much as I want Lazard to make it through so badly. But I think the numbers game kind of catches, which is a good, a very good problem for Goodigans to have. We have so many great names that aren't going to make this team that that makes this a very, very competitive battle, unlike recent years. Exactly. And that, you know, um, I go back to the Indianapolis Colts last year. If you look at the Colts and you looked at that roster last year, the reason they were so successful is they breeded competition. Obviously, Ballard's done a fantastic job so far, and Frank Reich has been um, a savior as a head coach. And getting Andrew Luck back uh, healthy helps as well. But... When they were going through their training camp in their preseason, they were able to foster competition at virtually every single spot on that roster, and it ultimately helps you find the best guys, and it brings out the best in, in your in your players as well. And I, I, I think that outside of a couple positions here, you, you know, you've really got that going on as well, and I think it's going to really bode good results for, for this roster moving forward. I do think Mercedes Lewis gets the nod here. Um, just because of a de facto, he was in Jacksonville. He's a veteran. You can never have too many veterans. Um, I understand the young guy appeal, but sometimes he's got to put a veteran on the roster, um, especially down that stretch. You know, need those veterans, and they're veteran conscious. So I, I think Mercedes Lewis is the right the right pick here. I agree. So that that fills out our roster. So that is, I would go for more analysis, but we are already running very very long. So. <laughs> Thank you for bearing with us if you're listening at this point through the over 45 minutes of podcast that we've got. Uh, before we say goodbye, though, we are, quick reminder, we are doing a Pack-A-Day Fantasy League. And I know, Tyler, you're kind of running that. You, you're kind of in charge of it. So I, I'll let you go through the details of it, of what, yeah, we're, so what we're looking for, what we're adding. If you haven't seen that post um, on the Twitter page yet, uh, you can go to my Twitter page, at Tyler underscore Grez. And uh, you can find the post. Um, basically, what it is, it's a little competition. We're accepting three people, three listeners, into our Pack-A-Day Fantasy Football League with seven hosts. Um, if you win the league uh, out of those ten people, <laughs> if you beat the hosts, then basically you get to uh, jump on a show with the hosts or hosts of your choice. So it's, a, it's kind of a fun thing that we're doing. Um, it's gotten some pretty good feedback already. The competition's getting pretty stiff. But basically the competition is you go onto that post and you drop what your Packers-themed fantasy football team name would be, and we're going to pick three winners, uh, and then those three will join the league with us. So it's a lot of fun. I think we're going to close it after the weekend, and we'll pick a runner, We'll pick a winner sometime early next week. If you're listening to this after that time, then I'm sorry. But uh, it's, been, it's been on Twitter. It's been making the rounds. So uh, make sure to jump on there and check it out. Absolutely, I know both of us are in that league, so you can try and uh, try and take us down. Just 
don't take my name. James Dexter Winterfell is a name I've had for years, and I really like it, so don't take that name. Pretty good. Well, that being said, we will say so long for now. Again, don't forget to follow us on social media. Follow me at Mike Wendland and Tyler at Tyler underscore Grez. Follow at Packet A Podcast as well, and also like, comment, subscribe, wherever podcasts are found for you guys, whether it's iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify. Give us a like, give us a comment, let us know what we can do. And, of course, listen for more Packet A content every day. We, we do not miss one, and we haven't yet for over a year, and we don't plan on stopping anytime soon. So thanks for listening, and, of course, Go Pack Go! class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.